welcome back inebriates this is your host always um and this was a, kind of a last minute i just got hit up by their pr earlier this morning um but it's been kind of in the works but it was just it fell that you were free today arson and um we're here pre- oh wait you're in new york right yeah are you guys prepping for this crazy storm that's supposed to hit tomorrow i didn't even realize that there is a storm supposed to hit tomorrow <laughs> Is there? Um, yeah, no, yeah. Really? It's yeah, really we, nice out lately. Yeah, it's not it, like yesterday it was like 50, but um yeah, we had to cancel our event tomorrow. Um wow. yeah, we're supposed to get I think we're we're like right on the cusp where we might be getting like one of those somewhere between three inches and a foot and a half or something stupid. Like they you're like That's right, fun. <laughs> right on the water. So you know the wind blows a little bit, it goes crazy. But uh Arson, you're on the show because you got a debut album, um, Babe, I hear thunder in your heart. Is it out now or is no, it? No. Uh, okay. The title track just came out about a week ago. The yep. title track, uh, Babe, I Hear Thunder in Your Heart. And the uh, the full record should be out in like a month or so. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I, the release said it was winter 2024. And I'm like, well, that's pretty vague. That could be out. Could be waiting. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's actually just listening to that. And um, what's the other? The other track is uh, On the Dark Water's Edge. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, got a real like Dylan flair to it. I feel like I'm a big fan of Dylan and yeah. a lot of that kind of music. So, and a lot of just like traditional style music in general that he was actually very inspired by. And, you know, so I, uh, kind of comes out, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're, you're a younger dude. Do you find that? there's fewer people into that sort of music your age group or um i don't know if there's fewer people into that music like for example all of the people that i know are into a very wide range of music Mm -hmm. so they do like that kind of thing they don't necessarily make that kind of thing but a lot of people i think like it but Depends who you talk to, really. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, I found my my music tastes. I've always been kind of like eclectic, but they've very much mellowed as I got older. Yeah. You know? Where it's like, oh, mosh pits, not really, you know, a good thing anymore. Now that you've destroyed your knees doing other things, and <laughs> so you know, not not as angry anymore. Now I'm just tired. <laughs> yeah, in high school, I kind of made more like punk style music in a weird way and then i don't know i just uh gravitated towards this kind of thing but got a bunch of songs that i'm working on that are completely other styles i mean when uh when the entire record comes out you'll if you listen to it you'll see that goes through a bunch of different styles and um these two last songs are very much in that kind of like earthy kind of like it's either blues or it's kind of this like roundabout song form that's used in a lot of uh a lot of older music but yeah Um, it's interesting because like i think now where i mean genres of music are are almost non-existent now because people are have you know kind of crossbred music so much to the point where you can't even classify music anymore, but I think it frees up a lot of people. What, um, God, I think it was 
Andre 5000 just put out an album that's like flute music or something. Yeah. Like really weird. I haven't even listened to it yet. I got to listen to it. Outcast, one of my like favorite things of the 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. But I, right. I just love that, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm, that's that's what I'm going to do. And everyone's like, yeah, all right, cool. Yeah. Where I feel like 20 years ago, it would be like a career ender where people would just be like, he's lost it. Maybe, but I mean, Andre 3000 is pretty out there. Maybe it would have been cool back then, too. <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, so, Bob Dylan did a lot of crazy moves as well throughout yeah. his career. He actually, um, he played a concert up here um like way back in the day and i think one of his album covers was shot here in plymouth oh really yeah like there's this um old um i mean kind of a mixed use hall called uh memorial hall and um dylan played here in the 60s his son was here with the wallflowers maybe like a year and a half two years ago oh cool um it's this little not little they just redid like the, the sound system it's it's a it's a nice bigger intimate place if that makes any sense like it's not yeah a stadium by any stretch of the imagination that's but, like one of the big concert hall type places yeah but it's also yeah. one of those like when you go there you're like oh this was not well laid out <laughs> they're like half of all the seats are basically facing each other and not the stage oh weird interesting yeah so like you're like spending half of the time just with your head cocked to one side. That's funny. Yeah. So do you play music too? Um, so back in the day, um, I, I was actually voted class musician in high school. Oh, nice. Um, and at the time I was headed into art school and was kind of like, Oh, am I going to devote my time to music or to art? And hmm. I kind of gave up music at that point. Yeah. Um, but I've always loved music and, kind of now is to the point where i'm like kicking around the idea of like picking up the guitar again oh that's not, sick that's not cool. to like not to play out anywhere but just to kind of noodle around at home and and you know decompress after work that kind of thing totally yeah 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 i mean and that's to me i think that's like every creative person's struggle like you have this thing that you love to do that you have to do and then you're like, I can make this a career. And then it becomes a career. And you're like, shit. Now the thing I love to do yeah. is work. Well, I don't know. When I started playing guitar, I was pretty much like immediate, like, immediately. I was just like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. I like learned. I like picked it up, started playing. I was like, yeah, this is going to be my job. I, I really like this. But do you ever get but, to that point where you're like, because I mean, it can't all be the fun parts like it has to be that <laughs> well the bullshit part where you're like, getting interviewed on a podcast that kind of <laughs> no this is the fun part too this is yeah. cool i mean i've never really done podcasts and that kind of thing before so you know it's nice to do it um but you know the the probably the hard part is like probably the hard part is the creative part yeah and also the uh the like having to be so multifaceted as a musician, like you got to make the video, you got to oversee yeah. the album thing. You got to do all the marketing. You got to try to figure out the content, which is cool. You know, it's like, it is what it is, whatever. But, um, but other than that, like from the actual 
creative part, it's probably just, you know, writing the songs is, uh, at least for me, I know some people like write a million songs every single day, but for me, the writing songs is the hard part because it's kind of like you have to read a bunch. You've got to listen to a lot of music. You've got to like sit down and because the way that I do it is I just like sit down and think about it and try and try and try hours, 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 hours. And then, you know, you go for a walk, you forget about it for a second and then you come back home and you try again. And like all of those 30 hours of trying to do it all of a sudden pays off in like 15 minutes. I don't yeah. know. At least that's no, how I know exactly. Right. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like, where, where, the minute you take your eyes off of it, that's when it becomes good. Yeah, yeah, it's like that. Yeah. You'll be in the middle of a conversation with someone, and then you'll be like, "Oh my god, I know what I need to do," and then be like, "What?" Yeah. And you'd be like, "No, I was listening to you, but I was just thinking of something else," you know? <laughs> yeah. And then you have to like make a note because I'm I have I have a very good but also very bad memory, so I have to like make notes of shit. I carry yeah. like a notebook. Cause... Oh man, I forget stuff all the time. It's ridiculous. I should be writing notes all the time. Yeah. But carry a notebook. It's, it's, yeah. Of everyone's getting, and this is, that's also one of those that makes me feel old. Like I'll bust out a notebook and people be like, you know, you can do that on your phone, right? And I'll be like, yeah. yeah, I just, I never look at that. Like I've made notes in my phone and just have never, ever gone back to them. Yeah. I like switching around with stuff. Like I like using the notes on my phone. And then I like trying to, I have very bad handwriting. But I try to like write as well. Yeah. But then I'll also like if that's getting a little too monotonous, then I'll like use a typewriter or I'll try something else or use a just even like a different app on my computer instead of using notes. I'll use pages or something. I'm just like try to switch it up all the time just to so like I'm not looking at the same thing all the time in a weird way. Yeah, no, I get it because it's like I can get very bored of working on one thing mm. so if i have multiple things going on and be like all right i'm bored of that i can put that aside and i'll work on this for a bit and i'll get bored of that and then go back to the first thing and it, it i think it lends itself to that kind of working you're working really hard on something but then setting it aside and then working on something else but your brain subconsciously still working yeah it's like you're processing all that stuff yeah i mean also with me in writing, it's just like I have to put a lot of time into like reading different books, reading different things, listening to stuff. Because I feel like if my like I'm not like filled with different things, then it's nothing's going to come out. You know, I, I have to really get to the point where I can just treat it so much as a job where I just can like come home write a couple things not yeah. care but you know do trying you, to get there <laughs> do, do you have that kind of um routine where like uh, you know you're like i'm gonna write 20 minutes a day every single day well or... i i don't necessarily have that routine but i practice a lot mm -hmm. so but it's a weird thing where sometimes it's almost like your technical practice will get in the way of your creativity or some, it's not, not saying that practicing is bad, but sometimes I'll 
spend days practicing on technique or something like that or a new thing that I'm trying to learn, a new style. And then yeah. all of a sudden I'll be like, wait, I haven't even tried to write a song in days. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> so, but it's like some, you know, I get in like a different mood. Like sometimes I'm like in the mood where it's like, I will write this song and I'm going to put as many hours as I need until it happens. And then other times I get into the other zone where I'm like bugging about technique. And then I also have a recording studio where and I have all the equipment and do a lot of that kind of stuff myself as well. So then sometimes I'm focused on that stuff. There's a whole but, other uh, rabbit hole that you can get stuck in. Yeah, it's a terrible rabbit hole, honestly. It's yeah. like crazy, especially I'm very into um, like recording styles where you kind of record the entire band at once, as mm -hmm. little microphones as possible, one take and all like analog equipment. I, I so used try to, to get that real like live experience of the music and not so yeah polished yeah not so polished but also like you know it's also just a thing where it's like damn if i can't play the song good enough with all the time in the world on a recording like then the song is not ready yeah you know? yeah um so it's also another thing and you know trying to make it as good as possible with as least little stacking as possible is really important to me as well so what do you just, what do you mean by stacking like uh like uh overdubbing oh okay all right you know like but recently um i've switched from using tape for actually tracking i used to use tape for tracking all the time but now i've switched to uh like a radar system okay which is kind of like a cool it's like a like digital converters i basically like use the digital converters from this old box called a radar that has very very nice converters in it that um i have it interface with pro tools so now i i do use pro tools but you know has pretty much unlimited tracks you can right. add but um i still mix down to tape a lot you know but uh i i try to keep everything as simple as possible in the recording when, when you're doing stuff like that because it makes me think of like if i'm if i'm working on a drawing like a lot of times i'll start and i'll be like oh this looks like shit but i also have enough experience where i go i'm not done so i have to continue to work on it because you can pull it back and and, and bring out the kind of drawing that you want but at some point there's this point where you're like you have to stop because then otherwise, like, there's like this key point where you need to stop because then you go down a decline and you just make it look worse. Like, how do you find that sweet spot of like, oh, I can add another track or another instrument or, or, you know, an, another harmony? Like, where, where, where do you like, okay, this is, this is, how do you call it done? Well, I mean, a lot of the time, the way my recordings work is that I go into the studio with my band. I've usually got a pretty full on idea of what I want it to sound like. Yeah. We go, we perform and we perform and we try to get a take. And, you know, there's been times where I go through an entire day, we do a bunch of takes and, you know, I pick out the best one and I go home and I listen to it and I'm like, just not that good. So I just throw it away and I just go start it again. 
and it's basically only I'm only even going to start with something if I go home and listen to the next day and I'm like, wow, this is great. You know, and then at that point, I start thinking about a lot of music that I like and what I listen to and where maybe it sounds too sparse or where maybe that sparseness is really magical or something. And then yeah. I, uh, and then I'll go and I'll try to add things to it. And there's a, this, uh, like, for example, this song uh, that I just put out, Babe, I Hear Thunder in Your Heart. There was going to be horns over the section uh, where there's kind of like a guitar solo, mm -hmm. kind of back up the guitar solo. I did a bunch of things. I added pedal steel on there. I added horns. Um, I added other guitars. I, you know, just I added slide guitar, you know, just so many different things. And, you know, you just listen to it. And, you know, if you put it on and you're at home and you're like outside of the recording, you haven't listened to it a couple days, it's usually just jumps right out at you like, damn, that sounds bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, that's kind of it. You know, that's uh, and with this song, I tried all this different stuff. And then a couple days later, I just put on the track with just the live stuff that we recorded because that song's completely live. That I don't even think there's any overdubs on that song. And uh, we were like, this sounds good. No need to add anything to it. Yeah, it's what it is, you know. So uh, for me, that's just a lot of trial and error. It's like you kind of have to waste the time to know. Yeah, and that's one of those where, like, I get what you're saying, but to call it a waste is is unfair because it's kind of part of the process. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, there's, uh, do you know who Adam Savage is? Adam Savage. From yeah. the Mythbusters? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he does, like, a lot of YouTube content, and he talks about how when you're trying to figure out what to paint something, like what color to paint something. He's like, paint it the completely wrong color that you know is wrong. Mm. Because then you're like, oh, it's not bright orange. It should be this shade of green or whatever. Have you ever That's had pretty the, smart. Yeah. Like, have you ever had that moment where you like put in, you know, slide guitar or something and you're like, oh, that's not right. It needs this instead. It needs a harmonica part. That's what I was missing. Like, have you ever kind yeah. of the audio version of that? Yeah, totally. That that happens. I mean, the thing is, and that happens especially for me when I'm playing it myself yeah. and trying to add that element myself. Like if I'm adding a guitar part onto something and I can just see that it's not work, like feel that it's not working, mm -hmm. then all of a sudden, like all the other possibilities will jump into my mind much better because it's like, okay, this string instrument is out of the question. Like it just feels, it's just is so alien in this part that something else pops up. But, you know, I think, I think at the end of the day, unless I specifically have something like horns or something like that in mind. Yeah. It's not that difficult because 90% of the success of, the track in terms of like is it good or bad comes down to how well we played it just as the rhythm section yeah you know so 
usually those things aren't too hard to figure out if you go into it with the mindset of like, we're just going to play this and this is the song. Everything else after that is supplemental. You know, it's only when you go into a recording session being like, oh yeah, well let's add, we could, this sounds a little thin. Like we'll add like three more guitars there or like, oh yeah, well that we can fix that in the mix. It's like, no, you can't fix anything in the mix. So it should sound mixed already, you know, like as soon as you finish. (laughs) And and it's one of those things where it's like, if, if you're like, oh, just add another guitar. Oh, we'll add an organ. Oh, we'll add this. I mean, at some point, the whole point of it is to be played out live. And every time you add something, you're like, all right, that's another person that's going to be on stage or, or it's not going to sound. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, a lot of my songs, uh, have like horn parts and string parts and stuff so i'm pretty used to playing um different like configurations of the song and trying to make different versions that work live like for example i have a song southern winds yeah that um that is just impossible to play live it's like too many horn i I actually did it once i uh i got a whole horn section to come play but you can't do that all the time. So right, we yeah. Yeah. have to make a completely different version of it. And yeah, it's just, I've, I've been there before. It's like you open Pro Tools, you're working on a track and you just see 30 tracks and you're like, song must not be very good if there's 30 <laughs> <tracks>. <laughs> Just keep dressing it up. Yeah. yeah. It's like, mm, I don't know if another 15 tracks are gonna save this one <laughs> and it's I, I feel like music in general kind of runs in that cycle where it's like it'll go from you know like a stripped down sound in this in the 60s and then like into like disco and um more electronic music in through the 80s and then it kind of hits a peak where everyone's like nope we're done and then jumps right back to like almost the roots of it you know like with grunge in the 90s and then it kind of like builds back up again and it just kind of seems to run through this cycle where every once in a while people are like no 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 let's just play rock and roll a couple guitars drum yeah you know yeah it does happen i mean i i really like music from pretty much all eras and you know time and place for everything but you know it's like it's like everyone says like the best ideas are just like those ideas that like come fast and you know exactly what to do. And that's like where all the magic happens a lot of the time, you know, and especially if you have a collaborator that you can kind of like work with that almost like you go, Oh, you know what I mean? Like that thing. And they're like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you have that weird. Yeah. Shorthand where you don't even have to finish sentences when the other person's like, yep, I know what you mean. Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I have a great guitar player. He's um, he's very creative as well. I mean, I come in with all, I pretty much write all of my songs on acoustic guitar and have like a very full idea of what I want, but he's really good at, um, at like taking the vibe that I'm in and doing exactly the right, licks for it and playing in the right way and he's learned a bunch of uh different instruments now and can play pedal steel or all these different things it's great and it's great to work with talented people you know it's really excellent i didn't i don't remember if it said are you in new york city or new york 
somewhere else in New York. I'm in New York City. City? Yeah. Because I, I, that's what I was thinking. And then I was listening to music and I'm like, oh, it's weird. I don't think of New York as like having a, a folk scene. But I mean, it's New York. It probably has a scene for everything. I would think. Probably does. Yeah. I yeah, th- There's a lot of different people making different music in New York. I, I don't specifically know anyone in New York that's making very folky stuff very similar to me i would say but um there's a lot of people making cool stuff so you yeah. know i just went and saw a friend of mine play the other day and he was like doing some weird kind of like musical it's like a music play thing or something where he had like a bunch of people on stage and it was kind of like theatrical but oh, music and kind yeah. of like velvet underground is pretty cool. Yeah. It's cool. Like I, I, I love that there's a scene for that kind of thing. Um, on f- like Boston would probably have it, but where we are on the South shore, we're kind of like halfway between Boston and Rhode Island. Yeah. Um, or Boston and province, I should say. And like, I was talking to this guy and he's like, Oh, he's like, I, I you know, I want to work with you guys. And, I do like these Shakespearean rap stand up comedy type. And to the point where I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, or how yeah. do you want us to work with you? But it just had that kind of like real experimental theater music kind of vibe to it. I'm like, you're just in the wrong area. Like, it's unfortunate, <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, we just don't have that kind of crowd around here. It's, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. New York's music scene has actually started up more lately. I think. I think it was a little. People weren't really going to shows much before, like COVID and stuff. And afterwards, it kind of a uh, pick back up. Yeah. You know. Yeah. For we, some reason, we have a very specific scene. It's very jam bandy. Um, oh, cool. Uh, was it someone? Was a friend of mine called it white suburban reggae. <laughs> That's um, funny. But. Uh, I mean, it, it's a a ton of talented musicians, and yeah, it's I love it, and that's part of why I love living here. Is pretty much any night of the week, you can go downtown and see someone playing. That's so cool. Which, yeah, I, I, you know, most you know, New York has that, but most towns in America, you know, don't have that, and so it's just nice. Yeah, to, totally. To live in a creative space, do you feel? Are you a New York native? Yeah. Yeah, I was born here. Okay. That's gonna not help my question. <laughs> I was gonna say Well, I mean, I also went to uh I went to a um school, my high school was uh LaGuardia for like performing arts. So I was a I I even got got to grow up around oh, like, a lot cool. of different musicians and yeah artists and whatever else they have there, actors and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we're Just, we're currently kind of in the midst of moving our offices and um right now we're in a building with a bunch of therapists which um probably should be more helpful (laughs) um but uh the idea of like possibly moving into uh, a space that shared with like a recording studio or something is just so appealing because it's just there's some something different about working with or being in 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 a, a space with other creative people that you can even when you're just shooting the shit, it's yeah. a different kind of conversation. And totally, you know, it's less. I mean, about even like, though I 
the the weather and yeah you know how's the family and it's just weird conversations yeah i uh even though i didn't necessarily like feel like i had the most fruitful education or like uh it or it, it just LaGuardia wasn't like an amazing school or anything, but I the all the people there really made the difference with the whole music thing. I don't I don't know that I would have uh, even been playing music today if I wasn't around all those people all the time. You know, learning different types types of music, being recommended cool bands. I mean, I remember in like high school, like a friend being like, "Oh, King Crimson's really cool," or "Oh." check out the beach boys or something i was like oh that's sick so you know definitely how did you end up in a performing arts high school like was it are your parents performers of some kind my no they're not performers my my dad's a photographer oh okay and my mom is creative in a lot of ways but she like mostly now does like ceramics and stuff so they're both pretty creative people but um just growing up my my dad and my grandfather always used to like play guitar a little bit like you know just as a hobby or something yeah and um probably around like 12 or 13 years old i decided to start learning guitar and start listening to music and i was like wow this is great so i immediately was like okay this is what i'm gonna do and i really like it so i learned a couple difficult pieces on guitar applied to laguardia got in and just took it from there that's cool yeah i I didn't really there wasn't much like run up to it or thought about it i uh yeah i just decided to go there and pretty much like six months into playing guitar or something. And then I started singing and everything kind of just progressed with that because I really, I just very quickly realized that I wanted to be a musician after I did it for the first couple of times. I was like, this is great. It's very cool. I love it. Love all this music, love listening to music. It was a, it was a simple. And it's amazing how much, like how much, how do I want to say this? How quickly you grow when you're doing it like eight hours a day. Like, oh my the, God, the yeah. best I ever was at making art at all was when I was in art school and I was doing it eight hours a day. Yeah. Um, you know, because well, the weird just... thing about LaGuardia is you're not even really like, they like, because I went in for guitar, but you don't play guitar there which is a very strange thing. Oh, they weird. assign you a classical instrument. So I actually played cello in school. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it was very strange, which, you know, I kind of understand because it's kind of hard to uh, make playing guitar a group activity unless you're playing in uh, jazz bands yeah, or okay. yeah. stuff like that. So I guess they have to give you a classical instrument so yeah. you can like sit in a group with like 30 people or something yeah um so i played a lot of cello there and i got into a couple like good extracurricular like things that like featured guitar like a like oh kids go to some class for 
songwriting or like for I never joined the jazz band because I wasn't interested in that back then. But now I really like that kind of stuff. That was, that was my favorite part in high school. Yeah. I love playing a jazz band. Yeah. I mean, I, I if if I was in high school now, I'd probably that's probably what I would want to do. But, you know, I was also back then very like. I guess because I went to this guitar, I mean, I went to the school under this kind of like idea that I'd be playing guitar there. Yeah. So I was very upset when I realized like, oh my God, I'm not even going to play any guitar here. So I like didn't really like the whole theory aspect of music mm-hmm. or the technical side. So I was kind of rejecting that a lot. But now I love that stuff. It's like, great. I try to learn as much of it as I can. So, you know, but the main thing that was great about it was uh, just meeting a bunch of kids that play guitar. It was like yeah. very strange because when I started playing guitar, I didn't really know anyone that played music or anything. And all of a sudden I'm in a school with like 3000 people or something and a thousand of them play guitar, <laughs> you know, That's, and none of them are allowed to play guitar. <laughs> yeah. And none of them are allowed to play guitar, which is almost even better because they yeah. really want to play. Um, have you ever been like, oh, you know what this song needs? Cello. I'm going to add cello to the song. Have you ever I had actually that kind did. Of... Did you add cello to a song once? I mean, I've done like uh, quartets and stuff a lot in my yeah. music, but um, but there was one time for one song that's not released. Maybe I'll release it someday. Um, where I was like, oh, I want to add cello to the song. I rented a cello. I might have even brought it from my school or something and just like played cello on it. It was funny. I hated playing cello in school because the teachers were just insane. Yeah. Like the constant tests on cello and reading the music and, you know, I get it, but it was just like so high stress for no reason. It was looking back. I was like, I can't believe I was so stressed about playing cello. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, I, so it was so funny like my band director in my high school was amazing like everybody loved him like yeah he, he, there was a waiting list to get into band which is oh uh, yeah wow and um he left i think my junior year yeah junior year and the guy who replaced him was such a douche that yeah. i i got to the point he was obsessed with marching band which i didn't really enjoy yeah and um yeah it was so bad that i told him i'm like listen i'll do concert band i'll do jazz band but i'm not doing marching band and he's like you have to do that in order to do the others i'm like fine i won't do any of it and i dropped all of it senior year oh my god and it's like he he basically drove me out of music (laughs) because he just sucked all the fun out of it yeah totally i mean a lot of the the teachers were like that in LaGuardia as well but i mean i guess i was a total menace to them driving them crazy i was like the i would get so like annoyed that i would have to take these like strange cello tests that like two two minutes before the chest i'd like take scissors and like cut the strings off my cello and then show up and be like the strings broke i'd have (laughs) them sit there and rewind the string oh (laughs) jeez okay so you're part of the problem (laughs) i was absolutely part of the problem i was driving them insane all the time that's funny i'm sure they'd all remember me because i just terrorize them yeah (laughs) but but like i 
in asking you about playing cello in a in a current rock folk song you made me think i was like oh yeah there's a few years ago um jack white put out a song it's called love interrupted and it, i was blown away because the song has a bass clarinet and never in my day um, would i have thought that you could take a bass clarinet which i played in high school band and put in a rock song like it's insane like i'm like that's totally a, yeah so I, but I mean that that's kind of part of that playing. Let's let's give it a try. Oh no, that didn't work. Let's take it out. Yeah. You know. Totally. I mean, all that stuff sounds great in rock music. Like yeah. when people go for it. I mean, so many different bands, even bands that you would never even like didn't Nirvana put her cello in something or something oh, I think so. once. One yeah. of their unplugged things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's cool. It's like yeah. totally should put those types of instruments in. They're very interesting. But um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, um, so, are you going to be touring, supporting this album? Uh, I want to be touring. I just played a show like two days ago in New York, and I'm just kind of like setting up a bunch of shows, and then I'm heading out to Paris and London to support. Uh, Hat Power playing their like new Dylan cover record thing. Yeah. Because I actually I played on that record. I played the rhythm guitar on that Cat Power record. And um I played a couple shows with them, but then kind of decided to uh leave the project to just focus on my own music and trying to promote my record and play shows as much mm-hmm. as I could. But uh then they invited me to open a couple of the shows and I'm would love to do that so i'm headed out there to do that hopefully that's awesome I can get... to play in france that's yeah 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 i've actually i've gone i've opened a lot for cat power in the past so i've gone to play a lot of very interesting places over the years yeah what what would be your one favorite that stands out well i got to open for them at um the royal albert hall which was very cool wow. that was that was a great one yeah um I got to play some cool venues in New York too. I got to play Webster Hall. I got to play Brooklyn Steel. Um, honestly, we've we did we've done like I've done probably over a hundred shows in different places with them. So it's uh, that's awesome. I can, I honestly can't even remember where I went. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. Yeah, I remember it's... being on tour and being like, "Where am I?" I'd be up and on stage being like thank you to this city that we're in and just having no idea where i am that's it's uh, like next day who was it um ace fraley played here recently and um someone had taken a picture from the balcony like just just off the side of the stage and there's a huge like eight by ten piece of paper on the floor and just written on that paper in big letters was plymouth <laughs> And they're like, can you believe this? And I'm like, yeah, I can 100% believe that. Yeah. Because after like, you know, half the time they're not spending time in the town. They roll in no. maybe the night before and unpack and set up and do sound check, grab something to eat. And then they're on stage being like, I don't know where the hell I am. Or Yeah. yeah. And on top of it, like on tour, you just eat weird food and you're tired. It's like you wake up and you're just. Yeah. 
in a complete days. And I always spend all my time before shows. I never like, I, I go walk around a little bit, but most of my time before shows is spent practicing and like playing the songs and making sure I'm sounding good and that kind of thing. So yeah, it's just, I never, <laughs> yeah, it's so, funny. I, I love that. I, I got to find that photo. I can't remember who, who, I think a friend of mine posted it. I'll have to find it. It's funny. Um, yeah. Uh, so now we have to do the part that the pub, the public relations people want. Um, so, uh, babe, I hear the thunder in your heart. It's coming out. Do we have a release date? I think, uh, I think sometime next month or the month okay. after that, but between somewhere like that, <laughs> um, where can people go to find out more? Do you have like social medias website? Yeah, I have, uh, my Instagram is arson music pretty yes. much. I'm, arson music everywhere and my name spelled a r s u n so arson music everywhere my spotify or apple music's a great place to stay updated with the music and uh probably most active on instagram and facebook and i'm trying to get my tiktok together as well <laughs> i feel it i feel it you know it, it is what it's, it is it's cool. it is. i mean it's fine it's... you know people want to be connected to the music and to the artist and you know i don't think that's too much to ask but no no that doesn't not. mean that i'm not that i'm good at it <laughs> I, I just to me it's one of those you finally figure out one and get good results from using one and right about that time they're like oh there's this new thing called threads and you're like i don't care <laughs> man i i have like, not wrapped my head around threads honestly yeah, i just i'm, I'm just like uh, you know I'm not going to be an early adopter. I just don't have the time to learn shit and yeah. generate more content. And it's just like, ugh, I don't, I don't have the brain power. Yeah. I've been generating a lot of, I've been trying to generate a lot of content type stuff lately and like, you know, take videos and do all that stuff. I need to yeah. start generating some songs. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's one of those things that's so hard. It's like you could, get to that point where you have a great following of you when you're on tour eating your, you know, whatever food or doing whatever. And then you're like, Oh yeah. And I didn't have any time to write music because <laughs> I was building my TikTok following. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's only so many hours in a day, but uh, Arson, I want to say thanks, man. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you. It's great talking to you. Yeah. And uh, if you plan on coming out, you know, Boston, south shore mass area let me know i will definitely i uh i definitely want i actually was offered to play out there recently but it didn't line up and i was like damn i'd really like to go out there yeah yeah out in boston itself yeah boston yeah, yeah. It's, it's a fun definitely. time yeah. yeah totally cool all right man. Cool, man um thank you so much listeners go check out uh arson's new album when it comes out sometime next month um and we'll catch you guys again next week Cool. Thanks so much, man. Thanks. And thanks for checking out the show today, listeners. Uh, if you enjoyed the content today, you can go over to patreon.com slash inebriart to support the show. You can join over there for just a few dollars a month and help us provide this fun content that you just checked out. You can also email us at inebriart.com with your questions, complaints, and concerns, or you can find us on all social medias at inebriart or at inebriart6 on Instagram. And also don't forget to check out our other shows, Bar Talk Podcast, 
Old Colony cast, Inebriart, and all the other shows on the Inebriart Network, which you can find at inebriart.com. Thanks again for listening.